1: You're listening to So I Married a Movie Geek. I'm Chrissy McQueen, and I co-host this here podcast with Justin Winters. If you've never listened to us before, you're in for a treat. We regularly watch movies that Justin, who is an encyclopedia and all this stuff, has seen. And I never get to see anything because I live under a rock. So today, not only did we watch one, two, and three, the prequels of Star Wars, but guess what, Justin?
2: What? What?
1: We've got like an expert on the show today. What? I know! How did we get so lucky? The self-proclaimed Star Wars expert, Dave, from the Super Movie Brothers podcast is here. Yay, Dave!
0: I just want to remind everybody that I am not self-proclaimed. Justin asked me to be on.
1: <laughs> well, maybe it's Justin proclaimed then.
0: Uh, in the pod fix, I mean, you had three choices. You had you had Wes from Via VHS. You had Duty, which causes a whole bunch of time, you know, constraint issues with Australia time, and then you have me. So uh, as far as as far, as far as time frame goes, I fit the best. So. Uh, But expert, Uh, very close, but yeah, definitely not an expert. But I do have a lot of opinions on the prequels, and uh, like you guys, I did watch all three of
2: them today, so uh, I suffered along with you. Oh, God, there's no way we could ever ever watch three movies in one day. Those
1: days are gone, Dave.
2: Oh, man. Oh, no,
0: I watched them. I literally worked 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., and then I watched them. And then even before we started recording, I was playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 on my Xbox. So I am full on Star Wars mode right now. That's a little
2: extreme, Dave. I have to admit, a little extreme.
1: And this is what a trooper you are. (laughs) Not only did you watch all three of those movies after working, but it's midnight your time. And you're just like, yeah, let's talk about them.
0: I'm not a a trooper. This is literally like normally my weekends. I do normally watch Star Wars on the weekends and play Battlefront.
1: That's, that's awesome.
0: I didn't do anything special for you guys. Don't want to take wind out of your sails, but
1: No. I actually feel better. I I have a lot of Jewish guilt. So you say that and I'm like, Bubba, could I get you some soup? I'm sorry I'm making you stay up late.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, so let's set this let's set the stage here. So uh, not only right now are we recording, and we we we're here in our dining room. We got a towel down because it might get moist talking about Star Wars movies. Must
1: you use that word? I've
2: got my shirt off. I'm. It, it's like you're it's, like
1: really into it.
2: <laughs> no, Dave knows this. Uh, we had a, a rough day. It was it was a pretty crazy day here in the, in the L.A. and a pretty crazy week because our whole city's on fire, guys. I don't know if you've been City watching on the fire. news. So with the city on fire, the air quality, shit poor, uh we took what was it, five five nights to five or six nights to get through these prequels.
1: Five, right? Five. Because I soldiered through last night.
2: Oh, hopefully how moist we get from talking Star Wars, we can put out those wildfires. Mm -hmm. We're putting out the Thomas
1: fire, totally. We can fight them. (laughs) With our juices. We have
2: some kind of collection uh, apparatus that we can make this happen. We're sitting on a
1: sieve. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a
2: like that the mouse trap uh, board game, like the, the the sweat goes into the little thing and it goes down the thing and blah blah blah. Wow, that's right. <laughs> Is it water on the knee? No, we're just <laughs> talking Star Wars. Everything's getting
0: moist. Oh my
2: god! Um, so we made it. So yeah, we made it through the prequels. So uh, we've done on our show uh, Star Wars: uh, A New Hope. We've done Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens, and Rogue One. Uh, So these were the last three movies that Chrissy had to see Mm -hmm. in order to properly prepare us for The Last Jedi, which is coming out next week.
1: Let me ask you this, Justin. If you had it to do all over again in a vacuum, would you stay with the order in which you made me watch these movies, or how would you design the perfect order? I know there's a lot of controversy about
0: this. Oh, there is a perfect order, and I want to hear what (laughs) Justin has.
1: (laughs) Ah. Uh,
2: I saved the worst for last, so um yeah yeah uh i can't remember what order we did we do them man we did see
1: you made me watch force awakens i think
2: first. yeah i think she watched force awakens first correct oh nah.
0: yeah uh, yeah no kidding so, so here's here's the order you watch a new hope and then empire strikes back then you watch all of the prequels and then you watch Return of the Jedi. And then you watch Force Awakens and then Rogue One. So the reason you do it that way is because you end with Empire Strikes Back with, you know, the, the uh no, I am your father. And then it's basically like the whole prequels are a flashback. And then you come back to Return of the Jedi. And then you have Vader's redemption. So you get to see vader as the ultimate villain in the first two then you find out that he's luke's father then you do the flashback and see his whole story and then you get the redemptive story of luke and it makes it just a little bit more powerful if it's the first time someone's watching it if they watch it in that in that order
1: you know there's merit in that argument
2: (laughs) chrissy's face is just like I can't even res- describe it. You're well, like, what's going on now? You,
1: okay, I can explain why. Because once he walks, she's like, me- "Oh
2: no, Dave is like 700 percent more in, into this than I am at this point."
1: No, actually, I was grateful. I was like, "Oh, thank God, he knows what he's talking about." But I will say this: when you first said the order, Dave, I was like, "Okay, he's on crack." But once you <laughs> described why, it makes sense to me. I have to say, I'm a very linear person. So if it were me, I would probably want to see um, uh, what's it Rogue One first, then A New Hope. Then the Empire Strikes Back. Then Return of the Jedi. Then but these um, came before
0: all those. I understand that. No, 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 no. Yeah, Because, sorry, I, I knocked my mic. Uh, no, no, no. Because you, you, you can't jump into the prequels and and watch those first because the prequels almost exist with you having a prior knowledge of the universe that existed before them. I totally the prequels, agree. So so watching the prequels first never actually works out because they are a poor representation of the universe, and they are also a, a poor representation of the story that they're leading to and everything like that. Um, if you watch the prequels first, you wind up being too exhausted or, 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 or you know doing too much work uh, with Star Wars <laughs> than, than you want to do. Chris so is nodding she's... her head right now.
1: I, I'm like, you, a, I'm you, like you, a horse. I'm like, yes, yes.
0: Well, you want to start with the original trilogy because, I mean, that's the way it was presented. You know, the original trilogy is what really sucks you into Star Wars. Uh, Everything else is kind of like icing on the cake after
2: that.
1: Well, I couldn't agree with you more as far as like the one, two, and three prequels are concerned. So many times in watching them, I was like, geez, Louise. I, I mean, if it's a good thing I go, I'm going with at least a little knowledge because otherwise I'd be lost as you know what. But I disagree in terms of Rogue One because I feel like that was a good, first of all, standalone. I, you don't have to have a ton of Star Wars knowledge to enjoy it. And it's a good gateway drug to the rest of them.
0: It is a good standalone. That that That, that is true. Um, and it, it's a perfect companion to A New Hope. So if you wanted to make a night of watching Rogue One and then A New Hope, by all means, that's that that sounds like a fantastic night to me.
1: Agreed.
2: These three were, like I said, uh a chore to get through, especially the first um half of the trilogy, I would say. So
1: Me so sorry, Justin. <laughs> me so sorry, me fell asleep. <laughs>
2: Chrissy fell asleep, guys. Chrissy fell
0: asleep. Well. Did so- she fall asleep mostly through <laughs> episode two? Because that is actually the worst movie in the in the prequel uh, trilogy. A lot of people really make in. fun of Phantom Menace, but uh, Attack of the Clones is the worst prequel movie.
1: That is the movie I fell asleep in, and when we restarted it the following day, he was like, We're around 45 minutes in. And I'm like, Really? Okay. And we turned on the TV. I was like, I don't remember any of this shit. So we had to go back to like <laughs> minute 25.
0: The only really good scene in Attack of the Clones is when Obi Wan fights. Jango Fett. That's the only like exciting scene. That's like you're like yes, this is awesome. Everything else is kind of like. Eh.
2: Overall, we're we're gonna go one by one. But overall, the trilogy. S- so
0: everybody, pour yourself some <laughs> Tatooine Cantina <laughs> Ale. Take your Death Sticks because we're about to
2: jump into the trilogy <laughs> of <laughs> the prequels. Uh. So overall, before we go one by one, what did you think, Christy? These prequels come with a lot of baggage. People say a lot of things these were the last three of, of of the Star Wars movies for you to get to. What did you think?
1: There were a lot of highs and there were a lot of lows. I I can't help but feel, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for this, that in general, but especially with these first three movies, uh, that it's just also overrated. Like, n- 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 none of it is so bad. We're like, wow, this is really unwatchable. Or like, this is a bad movie. None of it is bad. It's good. It's just different degrees of good. But after a while, you're just kind of like, okay... Why are people so crazy about this? Like, it's fine, it's good, and some things are really, really good. But I don't get the whole uh, hype. To be honest with you, so that's my overall impression.
2: Okay, I was I was scared we we're gonna have another big trouble in the little China situation. Oh Dave. hell
1: no, Dave! No,
2: <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't handle
0: that. I, this this call would end my I, I would never <laughs> guest on your show again. It just it wouldn't happen.
1: We'd hear the Skype click click. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can
0: hate on Big Trouble, Little China, but if you hate on the wars, I, oof, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we could be friends anymore. No,
1: no, no, no hate. Just, just a little. Like I, it's, and and to be honest with you, we, I know we bag on me with Titanic a lot, which is totally fine, by the way. But like people feel like that's a super overrated movie, to which I nod and smile and I go, "Cool, I get it, I get it." This, yeah, so- but in
0: 1997, Titanic was not an overrated movie. Agreed. Like, it, yeah, you know, it just wasn't.
1: I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree. But, but as far as this is concerned, like that's just, a, you know, I, if I had seen, um, just movies four five and six chronologically when they came out in the seventies and eighties, I would probably be on board thinking like, this is the coolest thing since sliced bread. But here we are, it's 2017. And, you know, especially now kind of seeing all of them. I'm like, eh. some of them are really great. Some of them are just sort of good. And the other, and there's one in particular that I'm like, that's kind of not great at all. And we should not, Have it.
2: (laughs) Um, In that vein, uh, like I said, I hadn't seen through any of these in a while, and the one that I thought I was gonna, the one that I thought that I remembered as the worst, wasn't the worst in my eyes in this rewatch. So, um, your overall, uh, Dave, on the prequels before we get into them. So, yeah, my overall on the prequels
0: is, for me as a Star Wars fan, the prequels is a, like Chrissy said, a series of highs and lows. Um, but really what it is, it's a series of moments. Like, there are moments in each of these three films that, that, as a Star Wars fan, make you go, like, awesome. Yes, that is awesome. And it kind of is what carries, I think, Star Wars fans through them, is, like, these awesome moments and obviously you can't just watch those moments, right? It's an entire story that you have to, they have to, they have to watch, but the moments that happen in them that are, that, that worth it are really really awesome and then if you're a huge star wars fan like me you have ancillary material books comics and tv shows that fill in those gaps and expand upon those moments and make those moments extremely worth it when you watch it so for me that's that's what the prequels are a a series of of really awesome moments that you can pop in and enjoy and you just kind of put up with with some of the so, some of
2: the worst stuff of them.
1: <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment, especially if you're a super fan, because it's like you love it so much, you just kind of go with it.
2: And, and speaking of super fans, one of Chrissy's favorite movie, Chris, is Topher for Grace. I don't know oh if everyone God. knows about <laughs> Topher for Grace. <laughs> oh Have you heard about the Toe for Grace cut? So um, our boy Topher for Grace uh, allegedly made a, a a multi-cut of the three films one yeah. mo- one movie I have heard about this, and yeah. he he shows it at parties and stuff, and I'm like, that's a great idea. So watching all three of them, knowing that this time I'm like, dude, I totally want to make my for Grace cut with all this because I mean, there's
0: also the the Phantom edit which exists, which was technically a fan film that takes the Phantom Menace, edits it down to about an hour and uh, 30 minutes, and uh, it cuts a lot of Jar Jar stuff out. Most of the Gungans speak when they talk. It's subtitled, and they change their dialogue, so Jar Jar comes off as sounding... He's still a, a comedic relief character. However, um, it's less slapsticky uh, for for him, but there's also just a tighter story in it. So if you ever have the time, or the want, or the need go out and find the phantom edit it's uh it's actually a a decent watch and worth your your 90 minutes
1: nice
2: nice nice well let's do it let's get started with um with the the first of them and that is star wars episode one the phantom menace
1: to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the Force. You believe it's this boy? He can see things before they happen. He can help you. The Force is unusually strong with him.
2: He was meant to help you. Anakin!
1: Come on to take off!
2: Will I ever see you again? What does he
0: hurt
1: to tell you?
2: Are you sure about this? Trusting our fate to a boy we hardly know?
1: Anakin Skywalker, meet Obi-Wan Kenobi.
2: I sense much fear in you. The boy is dangerous. They all sense
0: it. Why can't you? Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering.
2: So this one obviously came out in 1999. Chrissy, the IMDb logline for this, because, you know, it was earlier in the week when we saw this. We'll see if you remember. Okay. Uh, Two Jedi Knights escape a hostile blockade to find allies and come across a young boy who may bring balance to the force, but the long dormant Sith resurface to claim their old glory. Written, directed by George Lucas, of course, stars Liam Neeson's Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, Jake Lloyd, Ian McDermott, Ray Park, Samuel L. Jackson, and of course, the voice of Ahmed Best. That is such a misleading, <laughs> like...
0: uh logline synopsis yeah, yeah that's yes. really misleading because Oops. because you know you when you hear like you know the long dormant sith and stuff like that none of that is really set up unless you read the crawl and everything and none of that's really set up at all um as far as you get in this, you get one Sith in this, maybe two, but you kind of got to watch the other two movies to find out that that one hologram guy, he is a Sith.
1: I didn't even know what a Sith was. I read I read The Crawl, and I'm like... Chrissy's
2: <laughs> really paying attention. The hell
1: is a Sith? Like, okay, do I need the little golden books? Justin, where are the little golden books that we got oh the Oh, my God.
2: We have the golden books, Dave. And when we, were, <laughs> when we were watching, especially Phantom Menace, I was like, damn, I got to get this golden book out because this is... A trudge. Yes. Like I, I, I'm worried that we'll never get through this one. So
0: what's a lot of fun is, and I want to mention, like, uh, on Podfix coming in, I believe it's going to be February or March. We're going to have, uh, we're going to be doing from a certain point of view, which is going to be the Podfix Star Wars show. is going to run for nine episodes. Uh, well, technically eight and one episode zero. And one of the episodes we're going to get into is jedi and sith like their dogma and how similar they are and how how that leads to to kind of what happens throughout the prequels um so so like to hear you know them really describe the sith like as as like this overarching thing in in the prequels it's like yeah but when you watch episode one that's not that's not really what you're thinking about, right? I mean, like you're not thinking of this greater plan that the Sith have. Um, you don't really figure that all out until Episode three, which is kind of crazy that 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 makes a synopsis. I feel like that that synopsis was written after Episode three had come out. Like, you know what I mean? That that synopsis is kind of retroactive.
1: Well, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they write all three of the movies? At the same time, I could have sworn there was some sort of production thing where they were working on all three simultaneously.
0: They were, but there was also major rewrites after things like people really hating Jar Jar. Uh, there <laughs> yes. was a lot of major <laughs> script rewrites, um, and people. Really hating on on Jake Lloyd and stuff like that. Like you know, Anakin was technically supposed to have some more younger years thrown in there as well, and they wound up cutting them because of the dislike of Jake Lloyd. And they severely reduced Jar Jar's role, which rumor has that he had a much larger role in the prequels uh, that they severely reduced because of people's dislike of him. So there were some major rewrites that happened in between each of the films that that kind of occurred. Based on fan reaction,
2: okay, Chris. We we've come to this point. This came out in nineteen ninety nine. You just saw it at the end of two thousand seventeen. What did you think of the Phantom Menace? Meh. <laughs> that's it. That's, yeah. all, that's all we come to.
1: I just feel like it could all be summed up in that one little word. So I, I, I am with popular opinion here, and I, I found Jar Jar grating and annoying. But I will say this: so for the past, God, I don't know, twelve years, I've worked with kids. So it reminded me of like the sort of like puppetry that I do when working with kids, and so although it was grating and annoying from an adult trying to watch a movie standpoint, on the other point, I was, I was like, "This is a great character for kids, man! Like, I I would totally don this voice to my to my class, and be like to a three year old, of course, and be like." Oh, me so sad. Let's sit on the line and say, yeah. I'm like, I don't even know. I can't even do the accent.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, that's cool. You want to teach kids to be racist towards Jamaicans. That's (laughs)
1: fine. Yeah, (laughs) I I did say at one point, not knowing who voiced it. None. Nothing like that. I looked at Justin. I go, is this a young gay black man? Like, who is this? I can't tell who's doing this voice or what their motivation is or anything at this point point? and then I did some digging and I, and I did read that this was apparently supposed to be I don't want to call it a ploy but something that was uh, designed to cater to children and I'm like wait a minute they made a Star Wars movie for children specifically? I, right. I, I mean I don't you- know.
0: You got to remember the age that George Lucas was when he made the original trilogy. He was a young man in his late twenties and early thirties. Uh, he was very much telling a story that, while was safe for kids, was was really for the people who were paying attention. Was really for the adults. When you get to the prequels, he's a man who's lived thirty longer years, had several children, and was was also a man who was married several times. And he was a family man. He was he was in his mind, Star Wars was always. You know children's movies that adults could enjoy and that that, that's the mind frame that he went into these now you give him you know 25 30 years in between them and you know maybe he lost a little bit of that edge that that made the original trilogies you know so great Um, and he kind of catered it more towards the younger audience because in his mind that's what you're trying to capture.
1: I, I think it's a fantastic argument.
0: Well, and, and he hadn't written a screenplay since A New Hope, right? So. Right. And he also hadn't really directed a movie, oh, you know, r- since like A New Hope. Like he didn't direct Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. You know, uh, Kasdan directed. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Um,. Kirshner. Empire. Empire. directed directed Empire Strikes Back which
1: Jared is you
2: know wilded directed as the as the, the best Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> no, Urban Kirshner. Urban Kirshner was Yeah, Jared <laughs> you know, Kirchner went back to, back in the past with the DeLorean and directed it. Chris. Lock him
1: up. <laughs> Lock right. him up. Right. So
0: so you you basically have him taking it on to direct three of these films. He's writing them, directing them and and, and executive producing them and overlooking everything. So when you have a guy who's doing all of that and he's in that much control, who who in that in that is going to say no? Like, <laughs> who's going to say no to him? Obviously, look no. at obviously, him? no one. Exactly. True. I mean, and when you actually look at it, uh, everybody, if you read like the Wikipedia page and stuff like that, everyone who was hired for this was kind of new to the industry. Like he made sure that he surrounded himself by yes people, people who would just say yes to him, um, which is is kind of a, a poor choice for a director, executive producer and writer of a film. So um, he he kind of had full control over all of this.
1: Welcome to Hollywood, though. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know any medium, whether it's movies or television, actually even music, where where when you're that high up the food chain that you can find people who will say no to you, period, you know?
0: Well, the man literally was an industry. Like him himself, like Star Wars itself is an industry. He He was that. And... You know he was employing these people, so I mean, a- how many of you would go to your work and
2: tell your boss like, "I don't think that's a good idea"? He, he was like, <laughs> he was like swimming in gold, like he was Scrooge McDucking yeah. in in Duck the gold silo, uh, with all his money, and you know, I'm sure they gave him a whole lot of money to come back, and then he wrote and directed this shitty, shitty movie, man. Ooh, you calling it shitty, just This is the worst one, he Oh. The worst one. I thought.
0: See, I can't believe you think this is the worst one. This is I the think worst the next one. one. We talk about is no, the worst one. No, hundred like, percent. We'll,
2: we'll get to the next one. And I thought. I thought that too. I was like, I remember the Taco Collins, and I, I hear a lot of people say, "Oh, that's the worst one." But watching it back, uh, Phantom Menace, you just can't. You can't get by a few things, and those things we've already talked about, which are Jar, fucking Jar Jar, fucking Jake Lloyd, and just the whole like it's.
1: Like a throwaway mother role who apparently is very important by the time we get to Hayden. It's so
2: long. Like I think Attack of the Clones is longer than a Phantom Menace, but Phantom Menace seems like it's five hours long. Like, well,
0: that's because you had 20 minutes of a pod race. I mean, oh God, like that's literally, the longest I mean, pod
1: race of my life. 20
0: minutes is probably being generous to it. it I, I, I've never clocked how long the pod race is, but the pod la- the pod race is really, really long. While it might be exciting at some points, having it be that long is, I mean, it's basically like a Rocky fight, except the 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 enjoyment of Rocky is that 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 20 minute fight happens at the end of the movie, not in
2: the absolute middle of the movie and feels like it's analogy. just dragging your movie down well it's like a great run pee uh spot you could go pee during that part and you still have a good 18 17 minutes left of the race you're so, not gonna miss anything justin
1: at this point our daughter who's five had come in the room and you were like yeah, hey, Brooklyn, watch this with us because, you know, Star Wars. And she's kind of getting on board with Star Wars. So she's like, yeah, okay. And she joins us and it gets to this pod race. and She starts going, I'm hungry. I want to go. And I'm like, hey, no, this is the exciting part. I think it might even be the end. I don't know, but it's a pod race. Join me. 15 minutes later, she's like, can we go now? Can we go downstairs? Is it over yet? Did he win?
2: But wait, the trade federation is coming up. They're going to talk about politics and, you know, all this other <laughs> see for for my daughter who who enjoys the
0: idea of Star Wars, lightsabers and good and evil and stuff like that. What I do is I show her the cartoons, Rebels, Clone Wars, little thirty minute bits, the bite sized bits that she can get into to help her understand the characters. And then when she gets older, I'll start showing her the movies.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm with your daughter. We got
2: the golden books. Like I said, we got the golden books. She's she liked the Lego Star Wars show on Disney or whatever. But you were talking about Chrissy, like this is seems like a, a movie for kids, but I'm like, I could never like there's no way she's five right. now. She's, she's never gonna get through this. It's the it's longest. A certain,
0: it's a certain age of kids, like kids between the ages of like eight 10 to and ten 13. to like right uh, up to like fourteen, maybe. Yeah, true. Like it's it's a very small sect in... And I mean, writing for kids is, is a balance. Like, I mean, if you watch animated movies, if you've seen Coco or you've seen anything from Pixar, when you write for kids, you also have to write for adults. And I think that's the beautiful balance that happens with a lot of animated films that this film and and the rest of the prequels extremely lacks is that – while made for kids, it didn't exactly write towards kids or families. It 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 kind of wrote towards Star Wars fans, but then also a complete misunderstanding of what Star Wars fans loved.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it seems like George Lucas mainly wrote this for George Lucas, where he's just like at the computer. He's like, I've had this in my, in my head for 30 years. This is amazing. And then you watch yeah, it exactly. back and you're just like, this does not... You know, this is so boring. Like, it's just you're just waiting for the few uh, touchstones in this movie, which are, of course, Darth Maul, uh, the the pod race, even though it's super, super long. um, And what else? That's that's pretty much it. Like, I I mean, I I love the very
1: young Natalie Portman. I I
2: think I think, uh, you you know, you and McGregor and my boy Liam Neeson's do a good job with what they're given. But totally
1: agree. They were a good team. Surprisingly good chemistry.
2: It's like I mean, a, you wanted a you wanted a better script for a lot of these uh, better actors like Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor, and then the other people you, like Jake Lloyd. You, and, are you legitimately really
1: calling him Liam Neeson's? By the way, <laughs> you know his name is Liam Neeson. Well, that's because I mean of
2: Key and Pill. That's I know,
1: why I do
0: that. I so. know. Qui Gon Jinn is my even though he's only in the first let's say quarter of the prequels because he's only in like kind of the first film, but he's in and he, he's he's. He is the the bright spot of the prequels, um, especially when you get into the lore of Star Wars and stuff like that, and you really pay attention to Episode Three. Qui Gon Jinn is is he's he's like the the prototype for the type of jedi that Luke will eventually become um and that's one of the things that i really love is that like even though his existence completely smacks in the face of everything obi-wan says in 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 um the original trilogy that he was trained by yoda and stuff like that well no he wasn't every jedi was technically trained by yoda cuz yoda trains the younglings <laughs> so um but it was it was one of the things that like i really gravitated towards was was Liam Neeson and literally because the guy is is so tall he he is a larger than life figure on on the on this on the screen and he was so larger than life that when they brought him on and hired him as Qui-Gon Jinn they actually had to spend some extra money and time rebuilding all the sets so that he could fit in them Uh, dead serious yeah he actually did not fit into the the sets that were on the ships or the set that was uh that was filmed in um it, for, for Tatooine he did not fit in any of them they actually had to raise uh, all of the sets by a couple inches so that he could bend down and actually fit in um and and he wasn't playing Ian McCullen in in Lord of the Rings the whole time and banging his head on everything uh he was just it, it, but he was absolutely the right person to play Qui-Gon Jinn and I think if you like actually pay attention to the to the prequels the legacy that he leaves in this first film does a great job of carrying out through this and then also setting you up for some of the stuff that gets said later on in in the original
2: trilogy. And he's I mean he's obviously the, the most seasoned and the best actor in, in Phantom Menace as well. I mean imagine if it was someone else that wasn't as good as actor like
1: Don't be knocking my Ewan McGregor, okay?
2: <laughs> I, I mean I like Ewan McGregor. I could
1: watch that man paint a room and not talk the whole and, time. And,
2: and obviously it's not it's not easy to you know act Amongst a bunch of like tennis balls on sticks and and no actual physical sets for a good portion of the time, so yeah. the fact that you, you you believed him, you believed uh, Liam Neeson, and you believe that he believed that he was in the scene and like living amongst this, all this crazy stuff happened, as opposed to some of the other actors in this movies where you're like, okay, the, it seems like they're they're in front of a green screen and they're they're acting like it, so. Yeah. Ewan McGregor becomes the bright spot for me
0: in 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 the later episodes of this trilogy. In this first one, he's
2: he's really regulated
0: to a side character.
2: Wow! Oh, the the other thing that I forgot about, I was I was talking about Darth Maul, talking about the pod race, even though it's super long, and then uh, Phantom Menace, of course, has Duel of the Fates. <gasps> Uh, probably one of the best uh, pieces of score to come out of the prequels. No, you give me the.
1: I'm it, wrecking my brain. You said Duel of the Fates.
2: It's the song, the song that, that plays the oh. as, as, as they're fighting at the See, end. See, Even she knows it. There you go. Yeah. But isn't
1: that is? It, am I making this up? Is that the? <laughs> is that that thing? It's the
0: one. It's the one with the like the Gregorian chant <laughs> in it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> See that's badass. Yeah, it, it really is like the most. It, it is one of the most exciting like Star Wars musical pieces.
2: Yeah, that one, the, the, There you go. Yeah,
1: I got now. It's in my head.
2: Um, so it
1: is an earworm, especially when you leave the DVD on, just sitting in the player, and you walk by, and you hear dun 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 dun, and the main menu.
2: Um. So what happened with Jake Lloyd, guys? Uh, you could answer this, Dave. You've probably seen this. Uh, like way, way, m- times more times more than, than us. us. What was it? Was it he was just a bad actor? Was uh Lucas a terrible director? Was it the I, script? What happened? What, no, what? I mean if you watch all of the prequels and and you
0: see the people who are in it, Natalie Portman acts like shit in these films. She but does you know she's a good actress. You know, Hayden Christensen was in several decent films. Before and after the Star Wars prequels. So I don't blame any actor in these films. I, I I 100% think it's the director. And if you watch a lot of like documentary stuff and making of the original trilogy, like, um, Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher had battles with, with George Lucas, where they would literally be on set and they would say something that they, they would say their line and he would tell them it's wrong. And their, their big line to him was always, you can write this stuff, George, but you just can't. Say it. And, and, you know, Harrison Ford has gone on many late night talk shows and said that. And, you know, he's 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 always said that, like, one of the reasons he didn't like doing Star Wars was because, I mean, you can write this stuff, but you you, you you just can't say it. <laughs> Uh, and I think it's 100%. It comes down to, to his direction where George Lucas is such a visual director. He's always setting up for, for the CGI that he's putting in that, especially with the prequels for, for the special effects that he's putting into that shot that he, he really doesn't give a fuck what the actors are doing it's not you know it's his direction for them has always been and it's something that's that's in all the documentaries is faster more intense like that's all he ever tells anybody he's not he's not an incredibly charismatic director you know he he is he, he he's a far better producer because he he looks at bigger picture when he does something he's very good at looking at bigger picture whether it comes to business or the future of Hollywood or whether it comes to to his directing he's always looking for the shot and and what to add in and uh when it comes to what the actors are doing or or how they're being portrayed that
2: that doesn't factor into him too much got it got it well chrissy is on her phone reading into everyone she she pulled up the the was it a booking photo of Jake Lloyd when he was arrested? At when time? you guys were
1: talking about Jake Lloyd, I was like, I wonder what happened to him now. Like this, where is he now?
2: Schizophrenia, right? Man,
1: I don't know. I I didn't follow Jake this, Lloyd's. This movie path. ruined
2: a few people. This ruined Jake Lloyd's life.
1: Hayden Christensen apparently. Uh,
2: Ahmed best. A little bit. Uh, Ahmed best. It really ruined Ahmed. Ahmed
0: Best. Um he he when he signed on, he was he was pretty much told that like other than Anakin, he was the big star of these of these prequels. Because like Jar Jar Wars. Jar Jar had a a much bigger role in all of these films. And whether you subscribe to the whole, you know, Darth Jar Jar theory or not, like
1: Wait, there's whatever a Darth Jar Jar theory?
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> Misa the big bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So I'll briefly sum it up uh that that Jar Jar was because he's from the boo he was actually supposed to be the the Sith lord the apprentice was supposed to be palpatine and that the that Darth Maul was just a Sith assassin and that um technically Jar Jar was was basically Legend of Drunken Mastering the whole thing. Like his his slapstickness was actually him using the force and being crazy. And when you go back and watch some scenes, it's it's pretty crazy that that he was even involved in that scene. Especially when you get later on to the prequels, um, he's also the one that that delivers emergency power to the Chancellor. Um, so there's all these weird things that go on that make him that 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 make him you know. Much more pivotal to to these prequels, and clearly something was cut out. Whether it was that he was Darth Jar Jar or not, I mean, that's whatever. That's fanboy
2: lore. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of want to wish. I, I kind of wish that would have happened. You know? i have been sitting
1: here laughing <laughs> quietly. This, that's the best worst thing yeah. I've ever Jek- heard.
2: The Jekyll and Hyde of the Star Wars universe. He's like, yeah, pretty much use no, the all, dark all side. No, no, he's like all happy and stuff, and then he's like turns serious. He's just like he's gonna murder your fucking ass
0: (laughs) well i mean like if you watch robot chicken star wars they even like pay homage to that in the in in robot chicken star wars 3 when um palpatine is falling down the 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 death star shaft after vader throws him in he's rethinking his life he calls jar jar and apologizing apologizes to him for making him deliver him emergency power jar jar kind of like he makes fun of him, and then hangs up the phone, and then pulls up a dark hood and starts maniacally laughing because he he was the true the the true phantom menace behind it all, and it's it's one of those things that like <laughs> it's it's laughable to think about now, but like there's there is some evidence to it whether it's true or not, I don't know I mean. Hindsight being what it is, you can kind of make anything true as long as you as as long as you edit it that way.
2: I I saw an article recently that Ryan Johnson could neither confirm or deny that Jar Jar was going to be a part of this new trilogy that he's planning, and I'm like,
1: Oh, Darth Jar Jar,
2: finally, finally we get we get what we've been waiting for. Dude,
1: this is a real thing. I just Googled it and I'm looking at just the image search alone and it's already amazing and I haven't even gone further.
0: Right. I mean, what's cool about it is like when you think about like the legend of Drunken Master of it, like that the fact that like all of his idiotic things that he does are actually, you know, Pre thought out, and that he's actually just doing them on purpose, and then you're like, "Wow, he he really is amazing." (laughs) If it's true, (laughs) wow,
2: Chrissy. What? So what? We're all about force boners, and when I first saw this movie in the theater in 1999, it was similar to uh, a crystal crystal skull situation where I was I went gung ho in. I was excited. You went in with a force boner. Yeah, I went in with a force boner and just. It just went. R, 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 r. If if there was one thing in this movie where you're like, okay, it it might not be the best uh, movie, but this is the one thing I was like, ah, oh, I was really excited about that. I got a force boner about that. What what are you doing? Look at your you, you quizzically looking at me.
1: Well, because I'm trying to rack my brain for a, for a boner. <laughs> it's kind of hard.
2: Wait, I got it. I got it. And this is probably what gave uh, Dave a force boner as well. The the whole weird uh, setting up or the relationship between Annie.
1: Annie. Annie. Annie
0: cannot, who was. Are you, an, are you was, an angel? <laughs> I've heard some deep space pilots talk about them. Who was, They're supposed to be the most beautiful was, <laughs> things in the galaxy.
2: <laughs> his character was eight years old. He was supposed to be like eight years old. And then uh, Amidala ten. was like, he was 10. And she was like, what, 16, no, I'll, 17? I'll, he was supposed to be 10. Amidala
0: was supposed to be around 13 or 14 what that doesn't even make sense yeah, she was always she was a, way older than that she was
1: always well she was um she's a year younger than you and two years older than me so she always played a little younger than her age chronologically speaking and so, they
0: they they set it up in in the in the third movie uh, or no second movie where she says that when they go back to Naboo that she was the youngest queen ever elected
1: right so she was uh I think 17 or 18 when they made it playing 14 or 15 at the most
0: yeah That's, it's about right. I mean, uh, is it a little creepy that they fall in love when they Um, get a little bit older? Yes. A little. (laughs) A
1: little. I know, right? It's a lot of creepy.
0: (laughs) But let's face it. I mean, they really ham-fisted that romantic relationship. It's all ham-fist the whole way, whether it's in this film or the next film. Or or the third film, it's completely hamfisted. You really don't believe that these two are in love. You kind of feel like they're two broken people, and they were the only two options that they had, so they just went with it.
2: True. Well, I mean, she was a board in this movie, and he was super annoying. And uh, as they go on, it doesn't really get that much better. So you're like, what's the love here? What what are they what are they seeing each other that is is yeah. so strong that can upend? What are you doing? Oh, there's a bug. Uh, I mean let's face it, the Phantom
0: Menace is all about getting to that last 20 minutes. And you don't care that, that that Jar Jar is is dropping an entire batch of of uh bombastic boombas onto a droid army, or that Jake Lloyd is autopiloting himself into a a faux Death Star situation where he blows up the control the 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 control ship from the inside. It's it's that last fight between Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Darth Maul. Because the whole time that you've seen Darth Maul, you've just wanted to see that fight. From from the first moment that Qui Gon had had a brief moment fight with him on Tatooine to the moment that he shows up on the boo and shows you that his lightsaber is double sided, meaning he can take on two Jedi at once and that he has the skills to do it, uh, is fucking amazing. And it's it's the it's the biggest display of Force power that you've ever seen in any Star Wars film. Like you've never seen Jedi jump like that. You've never seen Jedi you know fight like that everything in the in in the original trilogy was slow lightsaber fights this was a highly choreographed fast-paced action lightsaber fight which is everything fans always wanted to see Jedi do we're finally seeing what Jedi have always been taught as doing and now they're doing it and unfortunately, you know, of course, you lose Qui-Gon in the end, but you also get to see the prowess of Obi-Wan and what makes him so great going in throughout the rest of this trilogy and getting into the prequels, uh getting into the original trilogy.
2: You also had dun-dun, 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 dun-dun. Right. And
0: arguably that entire fight scene would be far less with any other score. It would be a hundred percent less with any other score. Like that song playing while they're fighting is absolutely amazing. It it reaches this crescendo that like is like, fuck yeah. This is what I, this is what I just spent at the time. $7.50 to sit through and see.
1: You know, I stand by what I said at the top of the show. You are a Star Wars expert. I do find myself nodding in in agreement with you a lot of the time, and I'm a novice. So I'm like, yes, I totally agree with everything he just said. Although I will say this, the score in um, the second and third movies, there were times where it reminded me a little bit of Independence Day for some reason.
2: Ooh, I bet you that really gave you a force boner, right?
1: That did. (laughs) That was a good force boner. I was like, ooh, are the aliens coming anytime?
2: (laughs) Today,
0: we
1: celebrate... (laughs) Our
0: <laughs> life day.
1: <No. laughs> and if you've ever
0: seen
2: the Star Wars holiday special, you know exactly what life day is. <laughs> um I don't know if you know this, Dave. It, I don't know if you know if this is true or not, but I heard that the what do you call those so when they're fighting Darth Maul, uh Qui-Gon and uh Obi-Wan, they're going down this corridor with these like light gate. What are those gates called that they have to like stop, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. stop and go? What are those things Ra- called? Ray shields. I heard, and and this might be wrong, that George Lucas got that idea from uh, Santa Monica. You know, all the lights on Santa Monica going to uh, the beach, where it's like I red could, light, red light, red light, red light. After you go past, I could a hundred percent see that. Yeah, I could see that.
0: Yeah, like like you know what I'm talking I about, mean, Chris. Not just Santa... but but any city where like every couple blocks
2: you have a red light and you're fucking stuck. I mean, uh, well, there's there's a notorious like when you pass. So we, you're going on you're, you're in West Hollywood, Chris. Yeah, you're going on Santa Monica, going west. Okay. Uh, and you know, uh, oh. Beverly Hills is on the left, and there's yes, there's red lights Near, just like lined like Santa up. Sente. Yes, a
1: little east of that. You
2: know what I'm yes, talking about? I do. I think. I think that's where he got it from. And then
1: you get on the four oh five and land in Marina Del Rey.
0: I can hundred percent see that because it was one of those things that like I understand that they existed to build tension, but it, it, it kind of took the wind out of the sails in that fight. <laughs> Which is kind of like going to the beach. You're like, We're going to the beach red light.
2: <laughs> like if we're you're gonna, going to the beach red light. Like if you can have a, a double sided uh thing like that like he, he's got that's a lot of pleasure to give like you, you got to have both people at the same time and don't don't separate yeah I mean them. you need a you need a Keith David to really orchestrate <laughs> that like he did in Requiem for a Dream <laughs> Chrissy's favorite movie. I can't, you guys. Chrissy. Can't. ask to S Chris. You remember that scene? No.
1: I have pushed that movie so far out of my memory. It's like uh, so, a PTSD event. Thank
0: you. So when we just did for um for our movie Cocktail, we our our our, our thing was that it was supposed to be drug fueled movies. I made a rule that no one could pick Requiem for a Dream because I can only watch that once every ten years. My soul can only take it once every ten years. I really can't. I
1: can't I, do it.
0: I can't do it. <laughs> no. I, I love. <laughs> I love the movie. I applaud it for a lot of things. However, the 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 way it makes me feel for days after I watch it, it just I, I just can't take it. So
2: it soul sucking
1: vortex. You can go
2: back to our our episode way back in the day, and the first five minutes of that episode is Chrissy just really getting mad at me for making her watch that. Movie. I remember so. sometimes
1: I get mad. It's. I'm you know what I feel like this is a good time Justin I'm sorry sometimes I get mad at you because you make me stay up late when you see me falling asleep you're like and you're nice about it you're like hey chris sit up and i'm like fuck you i don't want to sit up right but this was a whole different level of anger like now, you look, started this podcast and i was like i hate you i hate
0: 100 percent requiem for dream is one of those films that everyone needs to see at least once like you need to see it at least once so chrissy you've got yours out of the way you don't need to go
2: back to it i'm good now you gotta see Mother Chrissy. That's the next one on nope, your list. No, I'm
1: good. I'm good. You I said
2: you gotta see. It. It's coming out for Christmas. You I'm already
1: made me watch Human Centipede, Justin. <laughs>
2: There's two more of those, by the way. Oh. There's two more of those. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. <laughs> All right, you gotta so. complete you gotta complete the trilogy, just like we're doing with Star Wars. You started it, you gotta finish it. <laughs> so guys, uh so Menace has fifty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score fifty-nine percent, six point five on IMDB. Um, this, this movie grossed 474 million in the U S and, uh, just over a billion worldwide when it came out. So I would say, I would say that's fair. I
0: think all of that is, is fair. You know, the uh, I, I think it's not for everybody. If you're a huge star Wars fan, you f- like me, you find things to really like, and you gravitate to, um, there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's some things we didn't talk about, like medical orients star Wars fans hate those. Um. But also the entire thing of the prophecy of the chosen one is kind of dropped here. It's not anything we've ever heard about in Star Wars films before that, but we find out that, that for some reason, Anakin Skywalker is some sort of prophecy. He is, he is the one that's destined to bring balance to the force, which is why Obi-Wan senses that in him and finds it, uh, that it necessary for him to train him. And when Obi-Wan dies, it becomes Obi-Wan's burden to to train him after Qui-Gon's death. So it's a um it's there there's a lot here for Star Wars fans, Star Wars lore. However, it's it's punctuated by some absolute garbage that really movie fans, if you're just a movie fan and not a Star
2: Wars fan, you really don't want to slog through Ugh. to get the whole story. So slog. Like I I I think we were watching it on night 2 or 3. Cause this one took the longest Phantom Menace. And I was like, I feel like I'm stuck in the sadness swamp of never ending story. <laughs> and I'm like pulling Chrissy R tax along. I'm like, please, Chrissy, let's, we're almost towards the end. Please. Right. No, please. Cause I'm he's like, like, no, sinking. <laughs> Chrissy. So what? Dave, Dave, obviously he showed his hand. He thinks Attack of the Clones is the worst. I, I do. I, yeah, I think I, do. I think Phantom Menace is the worst after watching it again. What, 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 what do you lie?
1: I think you're both right.
2: (laughs) You can't say that. I
1: can. Let me explain why. So I think you're both right because on its face, Phantom Menace is the worst. The reason that I I think the second one is not the worst just on its face is because there were more high points uh, in the second movie in Clones Whereas there were like no high points. But you asked me earlier, what were your force boners for Phantom Menace? I'm like, Muh. like, I don't have any, And which doesn't mean I hated it. I just don't have any, it d- doesn't have as high of highs and doesn't have as low of lows. Overall, See, I think that makes it totally mediocre and therefore probably the worst. Whereas the second one has more high highs and definitely lower lows. Right. But, I, but
0: the second one, it's highs do nothing for the franchise as a whole. Do nothing for Star Wars lore. Pretty much. Other than the very end when you find out, oh, Geonosians, they are the architects of the Death Star. Woo. Ooh. And they completely ham fist add in a new apprentice for, 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 uh, for Darth Sidious. And you're like, where the fuck did this old motherfucker come from? What phantasm universe did you pull him out of and just fucking shove him
1: in? You got a really good point.
2: Oh, love Phantasm. Chrissy, so Chrissy, this is the first time you, you saw this movie. Yeah. Um, I'm sure super fans have trolled the trivia the IMDB trivia page for this movie several times, but you might be surprised or enjoy a couple of these. So during filming, Ewan and McGregor made lightsaber noises as he dueled. It was noted and corrected during <laughs> post production. That's a hundred
0: percent true. Um and that to is this day awesome. he still he still does it and that's something that 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 Lucasfilm and Disney are going to have to deal with when he comes back for an
2: Obi-Wan movie.
1: <laughs> I fucking love him. That,
2: that's so endearing, man. You know, like, if you don't do that, that's where well, I would be worried here's about here's something you. a lot of people don't know. His uncle was in
0: A New Hope. His uncle is the actor who played Wedge Antilles in A New Hope. So What? Yeah. He actually has Star Wars... In his blood. I mean it's his it was his uncle who was in those films. So it's it's kinda cool that like he came back to be Obi-Wan and he, he is reportedly, if you believe everything Disney's saying about the future of Star Wars, is that he will be back again to to play middle aged Obi-Wan chilling out on Tatooine. Ooh, let's put another towel
2: down for Chrissy.
1: I met him about seven years ago, and I have to say I don't think I've ever been so like in person, starstruck by somebody.
2: Ooh, you yeah, had like a uh, multiple forcebones. Well,
1: I knew he was there, and so I was talking about him with somebody else on on production staff. I was like, "Yo, McGregor is here," and I'm trying not to freak out. And like as it was happening, like literally as this was happening, he walked up behind me. He was like, "Hi," and I turned around. And I was like, "Hi," and I couldn't function. Did he, he say
0: just, hi like that, or did he go, "Hello"?
1: No, <laughs> he was he was so like just like I, I don't know how to describe it other to say like the nicest most average person in a and i mean that in a very good way um yet those eyes man those eyes are just a pool no, of blue. i 100 mean, percent
0: think that's true because honestly like one of my favorite reality tv shows is the tv show where he did the motorcycle diaries across europe where he pretty much rode a motorcycle across europe and it was just him and his friend riding a motorcycle it was it was it was one of the best i can't even remember the name of the show but like i've seen it I've seen the series at least three times and like it's just it's just him yep. riding a motorcycle around Europe. And it's it's so much fun because he's such a fun, genuine person. Yes. And it's, it's genuinely
1: it, happy, just like, hey, I'm yeah. happy to be here. What's going on? And you're like, what?
2: You know when when there's an IMB trivia that said these actors were considered for this role that you should take it with a grain of salt, but these are the the ones for Qui-Gon. We got Morgan Freeman. Tom Hanks, Kyle McLaughlin, Kurt Russell, Denzel Washington, and what, what might be my favorite, and probably he put it on here himself, Vin Diesel.
1: Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah,
2: no. I mean, clearly Christopher Walken is <laughs> the
0: choice for Qui-Gon. If not, if oh not, my Neeson, God. Okay, go ahead,
2: go ahead, Dave. We know you can do it. Let me hear your Walken as Qui-Gon.
0: Well, I'm checking your blood, you see, for metachlorians. <laughs> And it's 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 kind of like a little bacteria uh, tells us how much force power you have, really.
2: <laughs> and the, the that was great. And the last one, according to Ahmed Best in a Rolling Stone article, Michael Jackson campaigned for the role of Jar Jar Binks. But George Lucas decided against casting him because his star status would compromise the film. That's yeah. 100% true, because that is that was George Lucas's main
0: viewpoint on all of the characters was that he he wanted to not cast unknowns but cast people who who, who would not take away from his story. Um, you know, he, he wouldn't want a Tom Hanks. He wouldn't want a Morgan Friedman. He wouldn't want people who had star power because in his mind, Star Wars is more about the saga and the story that he's telling than it is about any one actor playing it. So I think that's something they kind of hold true even to this day, even though they're, they're hiring people like, you know, Oscar Isaac and they're hiring people like Laura Dern. Those are people who aren't Major stars, they're big stars, but they're not major stars. You know, they don't overshadow your production. So it, it's it's something that that he felt even you know way back when he was making the original trilogy, which is what he said. You know, he he chose practical unknowns because of that. Really, he 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 picked unknowns because of budget reasons. But it's something that they've always carried through in Star Wars is that they they kind of take on virtual unknowns.
2: L- Looky, Annie, me some moonwalking.
1: Oh boy. Oh. oh my God. I don't know what just happened. Oh, Jesus.
2: You used to take off your pants. Oh my God.
1: Drink of the Jesus juice.
2: Wow. <laughs>
1: that
2: would have been terrible, man. That would have been so crazy. So niece, is this- a bombad general. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Chrissy.
1: So, so does this all explain Hayden Christensen? Like,
2: <laughs> well, let's get to Hayden Christensen. Can but for, we? But first? Let me get final grades for F- Phantom is for oh, you, Chris. Okay, go ahead.
1: Uh, see. C, C, C.
2: Ugh, I'd have to give this one. Uh, yeah, C minus. Dave, you? C plus. I C mean, C plus.
0: C plus. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, this is a fantastic film. I'm still I'm still a guy who reviews films and reviews them, honestly. C, C plus. I mean, it's, it's better than Assassin's Creed.
2: <laughs> what is it? What is it? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, C plus. I think that's fair. So, so let's move on to the second one. That one is uh, Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Do you have any idea who's behind this attack? We will find out who's trying to kill you, Padme. I promise you. Escort the senator back to the booth. She'll be safer there.
1: I do not like this idea of hiding.
2: Sometimes we must do what is requested of us.
1: Dangerous and disturbing this puzzle is. You're using her as bait. <gasps> I'm a Jedi. A Jedi! What do you know?
0: Follow that speed up. You went that way. This is a shortcut, I think. Anakin, how many times Stay away from the park, completely.
1: We decided to come and rescue you.
2: Good job. Uh, This one came out in 2002, and the logline for this one is 10 years after initially meeting Anakin Skywalker shares a forbidden romance with Padme, while Obi-Wan investigates an assassination attempt on the senator and discovers a secret clone army crafted for the Jedi. So Chrissy, this one was written by George Lucas with a little bit of help from Jonathan Hales, directed by George Lucas. It stars Ewan McGregor again, Natalie Portman, Hayden Christensen comes in this into this one, Christopher Lee, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Jimmy Smits. Um, 6.6 on IMDb. This one has a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 57% audience score. What did you think of Attack of the Clones, Chrissy?
1: So for the first movie, which was Phantom Menace, I said, meh. Mm-hmm. for this movie, I go...
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got to explain those. What's the difference well, between
1: this those? Is, I, I mean, I addressed this a second ago about how I felt like neither movie was great. They're both different degrees of mediocre, but the second one at least had some higher highs. And by that, I mean the relationship that developed between Padme and Anakin specifically. I found it interesting, if nothing else. Some of it was laughable, but...
2: Interesting? Interesting yeah. in what way?
1: Like, hey, wait a minute. Wasn't he a kid five minutes ago and now she's really into him? That's weird. Cool. All right. Whatever floats your boat. And <laughs> That's then, a plus? And well, her hair was also interesting. Oh
2: my God, Chris. I mean, I I think I was pointing out her... You were. Her different hairstyles you were like, and headdresses. You were like,
1: Dude, did she just curl her hair? Wasn't it just up a minute ago? How'd they do that? And I'm like, well, when you put your hair up in buns, it comes out curly. And you're like, but that curly though.
2: I was all, I was like all Kim Vo over there. I was like, oh, you it's were Kim Leroy Voed out. Nice. What's you totally were. You're
1: like, mm, are those extensions? What do you think she uses? And I'm like, oh boy.
2: Well, that was. I mean, that was like seventy percent of her character art is. She had some really her good clothes. changing hair and her changing clothes. I did enjoy
1: a lot of her like chiffon sort of looks that she had going on. Anyway, so those scenes together, you know, I actually kind of enjoyed. And and so that for me was more than I enjoyed in Phantom Menace. So if I'm to, to compare the two in a canon, I'm like, well, at least there was something that I could point out. You were asking me at Force burners. I'm like, all right, those things were kind of good. But so, so wait, much. So, so
2: your your main force truly bow- wonderful the mind <laughs> of a child is. <laughs> like, so wait, your your main force boner was wow. Like he was super young, and now they're <laughs> no, like together. Like, no, like. no,
1: the development of their overall thing. Like okay, now this is going to be a thing. And you know, anyway, and but,
2: now, now he's got a rat tail. Oh, I couldn't you know, even that. He's kind of a douche. Like that's my yeah. mess that's my overarching criticism of this whole overarching sorry overarching criticism of this whole trilogy is um i mean the reason for having this trilogy is so how did darth vader become darth vader you know and so the answer that this trilogy gives you is he was a really annoying kid That that grew up into just like a huge douche of a douche teenager slash younger person, and then he turned into and then he turned into a sociopath who obviously had borderline personality disorder. So I argue that wasn't Luke on the same path.
0: (laughs) Um, but I want to go to Tossy Station to pick up some power converters,
2: (laughs) (laughs) and that's what. So that's the one thing I forgot to talk about when we were talking about Phantom Menace. Like, uh, imagine the the Topher Grace cut. How how much of Phantom Menace would you have? So I, I think the Topher Grace cut, I don't know what the final runtime was, but say it's like three hours long. I would legitimately only put like 30, maybe 45 minutes at the most from Phantom Menace because, again, I think it's the worst. And like what? Like I just didn't. Ten minutes kid. in the second like, movie. Well, you could almost have started it. Started it at Attack of the Clones. They're like, okay, like just, just say, okay, he was a kid and they met before, and blah blah blah. I mean, Let's get mm, into it now. Come no, on. My I, big, my big problem with Attack of the Clones is. In A New
0: Hope, Obi Wan says that he fought with his father in the Clone Wars, and you're like, "Holy fuck! What the fuck are the Clone Wars? We're in we're in the Galactic Civil War, so what the fuck are the Clone Wars?" And what the movies do is like introduce the Clone Wars, and like this is how the Clone Wars started. We're gonna skip the whole Clone Wars though, and by the time you come to Episode Three, the Clone Wars are practically over.
1: There were so many times during uh, episode two where I was asking myself, "Where are they going with this?" And I'm like, "I don't know," but I was at least was someone on board with the, with what was happening, even if I didn't understand it.
0: Nowhere they were going. Nowhere they were they were literally leading you to a fucking insectoid human hybrid, showing you the fact that a. A, that they created a Death Star prototype and and then handed it over to Dooku. And that was it. That's where they were going with it. And the whole fact that that whole throwaway line that happened in A New Hope that he fought with his father in the Clone Wars, th- this was literally just just cleaning up that line. That's all this movie was. It was absolutely <laughs> nothing. And then they tried to hamfistedly fistedly sell you on some sort of love story with some because he rode the back of a giant land tick that, uh, that that you're like, oh, they must be in love because he fed her an apple with terrible CGI and then floated it over to her face.
1: But that's why I enjoyed it. Not the whole movie. Just those parts because Justin was asking me, like, really? Your you liked those was about parts? That, that was because the worst. If I was how laughing I, if that's how at them. I
0: cr- If that's how I courted my wife, like acting like a wooden puppet and like floating things towards her face, then she would suck my dick every time I put it near her mouth. But that doesn't happen.
1: Oh, Lauren, don't do it. But, But that's what I mean. It was ridiculous. And Justin, you know this. We were watching it. And sometimes when these scenes were going on, I'm like laughing at what's happening on the screen. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. And I found that somewhat enjoyable, at least more than the first one, where in the first one, I didn't have anything that I could openly laughed at in that it's way. It's basically like
0: she slept with him because like they were alone and there was nothing else to do, and he kind of could do some cool parlour tricks. So and like, they wound yeah, up together. Yeah, why I not? Like, All right. It was it was it was the same mentality as like, well, we're at this fr- frat party, everyone else is too drunk. It's two a.m. I might as well go home with the dude who can do this fun thing.
2: And well, how how it was what it was ten years between Phantom Menace and this because okay. about that yeah it was it was definitely like lust and not love when they first met, and she was like. Oh, like ooh, Annie, you what's so going much. on? Like, oh. And he's like, "Look at my rat tail! Like I'm all aloof and like a douche, and like you're gonna love me." And no. I'm like, "Don't love him, you know, Natalie Portman." Right. You
0: have you can almost get it and when and you outfits. get to the third one, and you're like,
2: "Holy shit! Look at those
0: pecs, Jesus!" Yeah, who wouldn't? I mean, come on. You
1: know what's funny? The difference one, between it, the first, second, and the third. The first one is like, "Meh, okay." The second one is, "Where are they going with this?" And the third one was, "Well, that escalated quickly."
0: yeah it, it's it's pretty much that and it's <laughs> i think the love story is the worst part of the prequels like the it not not that i wouldn't have enjoyed a love story don't get me wrong i would have but make it a believable love story you know like they bonded over the fact that anakin's mother was dead yep. like and, and she's by the way like, he
1: didn't seem to care about her whatsoever in the first one he's like bye mom i'm gonna leave forever now and she's like yeah bye well, I mean, let's well, face it. You're, sad. you're, Chrissy,
0: you're ten. You're ten years old, and the promise of a of a light sword is put in front of you. <laughs> I mean, are are you really going to hang around with your mom? You don't really understand the ramifications of leaving your home planet and leaving your 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 parent behind until you're older and you're like, "Fuck, I, I really did my mom wrong. I better go check in on her." i been having these weird dreams that she's getting raped and pillaged by some fucking some 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 gas mask wearing you know desert Do <sighs> <The, the>
2: <laughs> yeah. Your pressure, Chris. I can't. <sighs> <laughs> the, the Tuscan Raiders impression you Go know ahead. I
1: know who you're talking about I, I don't know I think it was just a sign that he was a douche even as a kid because I think of my own son I can't even leave the room without him being like I love you so much you're my best friend I love you forever please don't leave me but so, I
0: mean was it and you is answer, your son between the ages of 10 and 12?
2: No, but it's, yeah, wait the whole... until then, Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, minimize Jar Jar in this one, Chris. Thank God. Um, Yet net... the motherfucker is in every scene that matters. <laughs> Just like in the background, he's always like in the group scene, like
1: Darth st- Jar Jar, sticking
2: his head out and stuff. Did you ever
0: wonder why <laughs> Jar Jar knew that they were coming up the elevator even before they came up? He's standing there waiting for them. <gasps>
1: he's evil. Darth Jar Jar. See, right? Darth
0: Jar Jar knew that they were coming, but um, Jar <laughs> Jar Binks, he just happened to be standing there staring at the paint drying that they just painted.
2: So the reason the reason I like this one more than Phantom Menace is um, the first, like I would say, thirty to forty percent of this one is a slog to get through, uh, like a good portion of Phantom Menace. But once we get to like the midpoint, uh, it starts to pick up the movie starts to pick up. and Yeah, but and- I mean, are you going to tell me you actually enjoyed the scene where
0: he goes and sees Dexter Jester at fucking Dexter's diner and he's, oh, that's one of those Kaminoan saber darts. You're looking for them cloners. Yeah. It's, it is literally like... The first half of the film is, is George Lucas reliving his fantasy of, of filming 50s race cars. Like, you know, there, there's a race scene in the beginning and then he goes to a 50s sock hop diner on fucking Coruscant. That's one of the things that bothers me the most. And the fact that like Dexter Jester is just like this fucking, like he's every character in this, every character that's not human or Jedi is a fucking caricature. And it's such a problem, even more so than, than the completely racist, you know, uh, Asian, uh, you know, representation of the Nemoidians in in episode one, where, you know, they all speak in broken English like they're like they're Asian immigrants. Uh, this one treats every single alien species as if it's some sort of ig- immigrant meant to be point and laughed at. And it is such a fucking problem for me. Like when I watch this one, the first half of the movie is Terrible. And then Obi-Wan goes to Kamino and gets into the plot of the story, which winds up meaning nothing until the very end.
2: But he's doing like his he's like Detective Obi-Wan, man. He's 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 roaming around the galaxy. Except he's not detecting anything. He's asking people for the
0: answers. He he has to be told by a child that there is an entire system missing from the map. A child has to tell him that. Master. Master. Maybe because someone deleted it from the records. Truly special, the mind of a child is.
2: It but is we, pandering. But yeah, so, once we get uh, we we get Jenga and Boba, and they just all of a sudden just. Pop did you up. say Jenga as if like <laughs> he did? Like Your Django. Django,
1: like unchained. Django.
2: Yeah, like Django Unchained. Yeah, the That's- D is silent. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and he did he named he, he named Django after not Django and Chain, but the, the original Django that uh Quentin Tarantino uh did the homage to in um Italian, an Italian film. So um no. so yeah, that's the main reason. Like once we get to the midpoint and all that you know, boring stuff and and love stuffs out of the way, and especially once they get into like Star Wars Gladiator Arena, I'm like yes, oh, like yeah. yes, more of this, like bring on the purple lightsabered Mace Window, Mace Window, and Samuel Jackson, like yay, just- find more reasons to get Padme in a mid drift. <laughs> That's also nice, Dave. Thank Least you, thank you for reminding me of that
1: warrior costume ever. Well, we
2: already talked about the big part. I like this movie is her changing. Uh, uh, hairstyles and wardrobe. Um like several and, her, times. and her nipples blasting through that white outfit. I mean <laughs> Chrissy, did you enjoy that too?
1: Poor Natalie Portman man. Force Boner. She'll never live it down. Yeah.
2: She'll never
0: live it down. I mean she she honestly was like after these films were done, she's like she even said she would never sign another multi picture deal again until until Thor came around. Uh and Surprisingly, She signed it with Disney again. <laughs> Even though it wasn't Disney at the time that these were made. You know, she winds up doing Thor and walking away from that in the same way because of the way her female character was portrayed.
2: She disliked it. Don't blame her. Chrissy, what did you think of uh, the scene where um, uh, Yoda finally got to get his lightsaber on and didn't like the...
1: <laughs> I had a few thoughts. So, first of all, I was like, damn, Yoda. So, you hobbled in the room, but now, like, you're this badass. I mean, we everybody talks about him being a badass, but this was, for me, a first time I really was like, holy shit, Yoda really is a badass. But secondarily, pulling myself out of, like, the moment, it occurred to me, like, wow. So, it's the early 2000s, and we now have CGI, and now we're going to get to see Yoda come to play, whereas in the four five and six movies we didn't have that luxury you know and it was you know more hands on puppetry so it's like hey look at this we're showing off yoda can spin he can jump he can practically fly total badass
0: the motherfucker can't even take 10 steps without a fucking cane i can't (laughs) stand the fact that this moment even happens and it completely undermines the fact that Anakin is the chosen one, He's supposed to be the most powerful Jedi that's ever existed. Like that, 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 that bothers me. I'm not saying that, that Anakin should have been able to best Dooku, but he at least should have been able to stand toe to toe with him. And Yoda should just come in with some force powers and use the force, not technically his lightsaber. Like I would love to think that Yoda has transcended upon using a lightsaber. And it bothered me so much to see him bouncing around like, like a fucking, you know, uh, monkey in the zoo that is just you know stressed like that's what it looked I actually like. he agree was with just, you. yeah it bothered me a little bit like because i was like this is the most powerful you have and instead he resorts to doing what every other jedi does he's supposed to be transcendent abo- uh, above that like he's supposed to be better than that um and i mean they do kind of allude to that when he says like you know you know, uh Dooku says like clearly we can't settle this match with, with our lightsabers, but with our knowledge of the force, and then they have a, a force battle. I would have preferred it if Yoda just stuck to the force battle, period, instead of bouncing around like a monkey and, and and clanging light 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 bonds together. I agree. I
1: remember when this movie came out seeing previews uh and and posters where they show Yoda, you know, basically like barreling through the air. And I remember thinking, this is such bullshit. He's supposed to be all about being wise and knowledgeable. And, you know, he, he's kind of like our encyclopedia of the force. Right. And, and let's remember using him- that
0: in Empire Strikes Back, he tells Luke not to take his weapons into the cave because what, what is in there? Only what you take with you. Is this not a cave that Yoda is entering? So, what does Yoda take with him? His weapons. Right. So what is he going into a fight? It would have been far better and much, much clearer uh, to as, as far as characterization of Yoda if he brought nothing in there except himself, and and he only fought what he needed
2: to fight. But he and, was fighting. Who was he fighting, Chris? What would you call this guy? The bad guy in this one?
1: Oh God, I don't remember.
2: You called him Count Doodoo? Right? Oh, Count Doodoo. Chrissy yeah. thought doo-doo. that was really funny to he keep bringing He is Count up. Doodoo.
1: I mean, Thank honestly, you. he is. He, he is, is really a- funny, Justin.
0: He is a doo-doo stain on, on this entire trilogy. I can't doo-doo. stand Dooku. He means nothing as an apprentice. He means nothing as a foil for our, for our protagonist. And he means absolutely nothing in the greater scheme of Star Wars. He was a pawn. And later on, they had to use cartoons and, and TV series to, to basically explain that. Yeah, he was a pawn of Palpatine. Um, But it it should have been spelled out in this that he was a pawn, you know, he should have been an absolutely nothing character. And instead, they tried to elevate him to make him like a big bad for a reason to give them a lightsaber duel at the end of Attack of the Clones. The, Where I it, felt like the lightsaber duel at the end of Phantom Menace was earned because we got introduced to a new character who seemed menacing, and then we got to see how menacing he was. Instead, in this one, we get introduced to a 70-year-old man who is touted as being menacing, and then we get a stunt double filling in for him. I would have much preferred a, a a duel of force powers between him and Yoda, so I would have been like, fuck, this dude's fucking serious.
1: True that.
2: I would have preferred that if it... Chrissy again called him Count Doodoo that every time the lightsabers hit, there was like... Pfft, like, pfft, 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 pfft. No?
1: Justin, are you 12? <laughs>
2: Sometimes I am 12. Just
1: a little bit. But it's I feel like your- there's
2: a YouTube video out there that exists that's exactly oh, like sure. Justin's mind. Well, <laughs> I, well, they have the one where it's like uh, instead of the lightsaber sounds, it's, uh, again, Michael Jackson, like...
1: Oh, you know, every time, that's hilarious.
2: <laughs> which reminds me of my uh, one of my favorites, uh, which is the John Wick. The, the so John wait. Wick. Every time he shoots somebody in the head, it's. <laughs> in, does, in the John wait,
0: Wick wait? Does that mean every time a Jedi th- or, or a Sith throws lightning,
2: it goes? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. That would make this movie so much better. Oh, so much better. Uh, <laughs> um, so let me see. Uh, trivia for this one: Chrissy uh, Samuel Jackson said the words "bad motherfucker" engraved on the hill, uh, the hilt of his lightsaber. Um, what else?
0: Chrissy, and he had
2: to fight for purple. Uh, he had to fight for purple. A purple George lightsaber. Lucas
0: told him that purple didn't exist in lightsaber colors, and he goes, <laughs> well, it, it does for Mace." <laughs> it makes sense. I got a purple for lightsaber for,
1: for for Brooklyn once, and I don't know somebody who knows Star Wars much better than I saw it once and was like, "Oh, you have the blah 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 lightsaber," and I went, "Yeah, cool, it's purple. I like it."
2: The, this is a bit of amazing IMB trivia in terms of the actors. Chris, actors Chrissy, offer- when go, when me and
0: Lauren went to Disney World,
2: Lauren mm-hmm. made a purple lightsaber too. Ooh.
1: Lauren is my soul sister. I miss her.
2: Ooh. So these are the, according to IMDb, these are the actors that auditioned for the role of Anakin. Chrissy? Ryan Philippi
1: I didn't, okay. So at one point, I can't remember if it was in the second or the third film, I half-jokingly, after Hayden Christensen couldn't act his way out of a paper bag, looked at Justin and said, I'm sorry, was Ryan Philippi busy this day? Like, why? Why? Uh,
2: not only that, Paul Walker, Colin Hanks, Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, James Vanderbeek, Joshua Jackson. Bingo! That's my pick. James oh. Vanderbeek. James. Van okay, Beek.
1: I swear on all my life. James Vanderbeek is my pick. I thought of Vanderbeek too. I was like, I was like, is he? Is this like? dawson does star wars at no wonderful. i'm sorry
0: watch rules of attraction and then tell me that james uh, van der beek couldn't have played a dark character and couldn't have done everything that hayden christensen's done but better and then you know also pick a better director Chrisy that that's that
2: that s- that's the movie that we uh that was the, the double feature with uh Requiem for a Dream. Oh, I remember. It was Requiem for a Dream and Rules for Attraction. By the way. Wow. You fucking hate your wife. (laughs) Jesus.
1: Have you not listened to half of this podcast that's just been about, like, fucking ribbing me for being a jerk?
0: You literally literally made your wife watch Jennifer (laughs) Connelly go ass to ass, and then you made her watch
2: Jessica Biel take on an entire football team. What is wrong with you? It was a good, good, a good weekend of entertainment. Wait, I, so I didn't even get to the best one, Chris. Oh, my, my, my pick would have been Chris Klein. Imagine Chris Klein in this role as oh, Anakin. No, Chris no, no. Um, no, no. Jonathan Brandis and and this one, which I've heard several times, but I wonder how far. Wasn't Jonathan Brandis dead by this point? Yeah, they were going to bring him back and have him be <laughs> Ghost <laughs> <re-animate> him. <laughs> Did you so Christy did you hear the word on the street that uh Leon, Leonardo DiCaprio was up for the Anakin role? I
1: did. I remember when that was a, a rumor.
2: A ma- let's just imagine that right now. Let's just take a moment. sorry, he like imagine. just
1: come off Titanic. He was going to come off Titanic and do yeah, this. Yeah, that's
0: that's a pipe dream. That, that yeah. that's like when 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 uh Warner Brothers says that they're looking for for uh Leonardo DiCaprio to play the Joker in <laughs> in a, a Joker solo
1: movie. 100%. <laughs>
2: um but i, I mean F- hayden christensen like you already said i mean he was getting like shattered glass and there was even a good uh difference between his acting in two and three it looks like he he stepped it up maybe he watched two and he's like man i wasn't really need he to get also
0: in cider house rules wasn't was that he? also a thing he was in
1: i didn't see that movie but i wanted to
2: oh I, man
0: i i i know he did some things of of You know, repute before he did this, and then everyone's like, "Oh fuck, man, what is wrong with it? Why is he so wooden?" It's like, it's not him. It's honestly not him. (laughs) Uh, It's unfortunate that he's been brought to this now that he can't find a job in Hollywood. But he 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 honestly was a better actor than than this film
2: allowed him to be. All right. So final grades for Attack of the Clones, Chrissy, C minus. Sweet. Th- this is what did you give Phantom Menace
1: C, but C- I, I almost gave it a C minus. So I'm like C. Wow, but this a C- worst me.
2: grade for this
0: one, Dave. A D, not a D plus, just a D. <laughs> this is the
2: this is the worst of the trilogy. So I gave Phantom Menace a C minus. I like this one slightly more. I would say a C for this one in my eyes. Still not too good. Um Yeah, I don't. I don't see myself revisiting this one in in a good good amount of time. So, That's cool. Um let's no, let's, let's let's honestly
0: let's... <laughs> if 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 all of the trilogy was summed up into 30 minutes for Phantom Menace and then 15 minutes for Attack of the Clones and then your last 60 minutes was everything that happens in in uh Revenge of the Sith, you you could have a pretty decent movie. <laughs>
2: But Dave, 15 minutes is not enough time to set up this love story. With like in the field and right thing. Why? That's that's about and, as much
0: time as they gave it anyway. So
2: in the gladiator arena fight. <laughs> Just as much time as they gave it. In jumping the, in the around Yoda. There's a lot of good stuff, guys. Come on. Come to my side of the fence. But um no. if so powerful you are, why leave? <laughs> so let's wrap it up. We got Star Wars episode three, Revenge of the Sith.
1: the fun begins another happy landing the end of the war is near soon I will have a new apprentice I'm not the Jedi I should be I want more
2: leave everything else behind while we still can
1: you're
0: under arrest Chancellor the
2: chosen one this one came out in 2005 the log line on this one three years into the Clone Wars the Jedi rescue Palpatine palpatine from count count Dudu um, as Obi Wan pursues, see you laughed again. Pursues a new threat. Anakin acts as a double agent between the Jedi Council and Palpatine, and is lured into a sinister plan to rule the galaxy. Written and directed by George Lucas, everyone's back pretty much from the second one. For this one, Chrissy, what did you think of the last one?
1: Much better, obviously. It's the it's the best of all of the the prequels. It's the most interesting. Uh, it it was the. I don't want to call it most linear in terms of its storytelling, but I could follow it. Whereas in the first one, I'm like, okay, so now we're going to this, whole, everything's about this fucking pod race. Like, this is, this is the movie. Okay, I guess so. And in the second one, I mentioned I was like, where are they going with this? I have no idea. So the third movie was at least it told a story that I could follow. It made sense. I could root for somebody. And then in the last third goes off the rails once Anakin turns completely to the dark side, which I have to say, in my opinion, happened. I won't say a little too quickly, but it he did. went from it. Thank you. It went from being like, "Hey, he's kind of this narcissistic, you know, adolescent" to a hundred percent sociopath <laughs> like that. And I went, "Okay, cool. Well, now he's a sociopath." But it was definitely um, the best paced of the three. I think that actually he was a better actor in that one than he was in the second movie as well. His and hair Clubman as well.
2: He had he had nice like. Flowing, he, locks he graduated, in this one.
1: and it was this. It was Obi Wan's movie, in my opinion, like his, especially in the end when he had his whole face off with uh Anakin and uh, just ah, uh, everything there. I that that, that I have the high ground, <laughs> I love it though. The I mean, fuck you're not that mean, you're not that care, much higher, it.
2: dude. You're just like a
0: little bit higher. He's now. like
1: an inch and a half higher,
0: <laughs> by the way. When Obi Wan killed Darth Maul, he had
2: the low ground, so. <laughs> Yeah. Oh snap! Shit doesn't even make sense. It care. doesn't. I don't care. It's you and McGregor. Um, I, I agree with you, Chris. This is definitely the best one. This movie has the best beginning. Like it starts. Like it starts. Like like at at ninety miles an hour, the beginning of the movie, and it doesn't let up pretty much till the end of the movie. Like Agreed. the the whole beginning sequence is like super long and but like really like you're in it you're in it there's an actual fucking space battle too and you're like yes this is star wars this is what i love and this movie has the 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 fucking lava planet which you know oh, the, yeah. not only is the ground lava everything's everything lava. is lava
1: the floor is lava <laughs>
2: far, which shows up again
0: in rogue one because it's where darth vader's palace exists exactly
1: it was also very super hot, Super Mario Brothers, because right, because it's like this do 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 and like do 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 like jump. <laughs> Get away from the lava! Yeah, they're,
2: they're surfing in the lava. Which, yeah, 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 Which I, you know, I'm like, how does that work? So, what are they surfing on, and why doesn't that just instantly disintegrate? Uh, they are disintegrate? surfing on a platform.
0: And a uh, droid, Anakin standing on a droid that is race shielded uh, against the lava and Obi-Wan is standing on a platform that is race shielded against the lava. Because I'll be honest, when I first saw this, I thought they were using the force to keep them and that's what that glowing blue stuff was around it was them using the force to keep those things out of the lava. I eventually found out by watching it that uh, several times that Anakin actually slashes the controls to the to the giant ray shield uh like array that was meant to keep the lava at bay and then that's when that thing falls into the lava pit and then they start fighting but so the only things ray shielded after that are things that had uh ray shields built into them like the robot and the platform
2: that is the nerdiest explanation I've ever heard That was heard. like
1: Mythbusters. <laughs> Star Wars Mythbusters.
0: Honestly, like like you it, it takes it, it, it took like three times watching it to be like, oh, that's not them with the force doing that. That's oh, it's ray shielded. And they, they explained ray
2: shields in the beginning of this film when it's like
1: Are you saying ray shields or rice shields? Are you are ray. you are you, are you oh, okay
2: are you nil deGrasse Tyson? Are you watching this like that's not how that would work? <laughs> right. No, I do that. Not. You
1: just I do that all the time, especially with movies all, all, I really although enjoy.
0: When I watched it tonight with my wife, like she was, she was like, "This is the best part of the movie." I was like, "Yeah, if you can believe that they could breathe that close to lava and not fry their lungs from the inside out." Mm-hmm. Oh come on, <laughs> just Preach. enjoy the
2: lava planet, man. It's fucking awesome, super lava. Well, well, planet. Well, I
0: mean, that's that's a trope of Star Wars, right? Like every planet has to have one one uh you know you know typography across the entire planet. Like Tatooine is all desert, Hoth is all ice, uh Endor is all forest,
2: and Relax. Mustafar is all lava. Which which in you mentioned Rogue One. That was one of the things about Rogue One and we talked about it in our review is why would Darth Vader want to live on like the weird lava planet when he could live on, like, the Bahamas planet where everyone else right? was with the, oh, with the super that's very library. That's explained. Yeah? It, is, it is the the point
0: of all contention for him. He can focus on the dark side there because it is where he lost everything that ever meant anything to him. Ooh, deep. oh very, his, very
2: hot topic and emo of you, Darth Vader. Damn it.
0: That, that, that is what Darth Vader is. I mean, he focuses on his pain and it draws him his strength. So...
2: Yeah. Uh, if you're a Sith, it makes sense. I mean, I would be at the Baham Planet, but I could still focus on my pain while sipping a Mai Tai. No, you're at the... the type
1: that would want to bury your well, pain. You no, the Baham,
2: the Bahama Planet got blown up at the end of Rogue One. So <laughs>
1: yeah, no more Bahama. R.I.P. R.
2: Bahama Planet. Oh man. Uh, so, uh, what is your main thoughts on on uh, episode three, Dave? Episode three is a beautiful Obi-Wan
0: piece. Uh, honestly, like it's what it winds up being. (laughs) It winds up being a beautiful Obi-Wan piece, but it also winds up being the thing that makes you realize that the Jedi have flaws. Like they, they, they really portrayed the Jedi as flawless all throughout episode one and episode two. Then you get to episode three and you start seeing the cracks in the Jedi's dogma. You start seeing, you start seeing the cracks and you start seeing what happens when The Jedi start performing a role they were never meant to play. Jedi were never meant to be generals of a war, right? They were never meant to have the goal of, of winning a galactic war. And now that the, that, that the win is in sight, you see them start betraying some of their own dogmatic laws. Um, you know, you see, you see Mace Windu about to kill, uh, Senator Palpatine or Emperor Palpatine. When, and and Anakin's like, no, that's not the Jedi way. Which Anakin's right. That's not the Jedi way. You're not supposed to kill him. You are supposed to to arrest him, bring him in for questioning. That's what you're supposed to do. And instead, you're, you're you know you're going to kill him because he's too powerful to be left alive. Uh, you also see things like the Jedi compromising even their own council when they ask anakin to spy on on the emperor when they ask him to who is not the emperor at the time he's the chancellor so you see kind of anakin's point of view that's one of the things that i love about this film is that like you see multiple point of views and at any time if anyone stepped outside themselves and had thought about what they were doing for just a minute maybe anakin wouldn't have become darth vader and maybe the in entire thing wouldn't have happened if mace windu wouldn't have been so full of himself and and tried to kill palpatine you know and instead just arrested him anakin would have went along with that so it's as much of a betrayal of the jedi against anakin as it is anakin betraying the jedi as well
2: i love that palpatine where he gets uh lightninged uh at towards the end he turns into he looks kind of like your thumb when when you're in the bath too long you know where? You, yep. Little, little, yep. Raisiny. <laughs> little raisiny. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, this one is is it, it goes by the quickest. There's there's the most action in it. You, there's no one that's super annoying like Jar Jar Binks or you know little it Anakin also- Jake Lloyd. It also explains
0: a little bit of what was, you know, talked about in episode one, where they say Anakin's the chosen one. Where they say, like, you know, isn't Anakin, you know, the chosen one? Isn't he meant to bring balance to the Force? And it's like a prophecy misread, maybe. Um, where, like, they get into the fact that maybe, you know, Anakin really wasn't wasn't born of natural birth. Maybe he was born of the Force. And you know, uh, Palpatine even has that speech in the opera where he says, like. There was a Sith master who could create life from the Force and and stop death from happening. Are you so, talking about the Metaclorians? Mm-hmm. I am. <laughs> he can manipulate the Metaclorians to create life cuz like it or not, whether you know you like Metaclorians or not, they are a part of your Star Wars universe and they are part of the lore and they can be used. And in in this case, technically, if you believe everything that's being said there, then then Technically, you know, Darth Plagueis the Wise created Anakin to be the perfect Sith uh, to 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 fulfill that prophecy, to take down the Jedi. And only after Darth Plagueis' death at the hands of Palpatine was, or, or Darth Sidious, was that prophecy fulfilled. Um, however, it was the Sith that mith- misread that prophecy and the Jedi who benefited from it in the end and which we don't get until episode six. Uh,
2: one of my, one of my favorite underrated scenes in this movie is, uh, and the reason I like it is because it's so weird is when um, Padme tells, tells Anakin that she's pregnant and he has this look on his face where I'm sure a lot of, a lot of guys have this look on his face, but it's great that he has this look on his face in a star Wars movie where it's like, Oh shit, Justin, I'm Justin, so happy. talking to a,
0: you're so talking happy. to a guy. You're talking to a guy who slept with a a a a lesbian once, and now has a child as a result of that. So,
2: his face was my face when I went, <laughs>
1: "Wow, I'm That's so
2: happy. Thing. This is great, Chrissy." Any any standout scenes for you?
1: Well, I already talked about the end one when they've had their uh, whole face-off, Obi-Wan and, and Anakin. Yeah, like, Liar! <laughs> <laughs> I um, hate you. I'm, so you have to forgive me a little bit because when you watch them all back-to-back, some of the movies start to run together just a slight bit. Which, I'm assuming, I think it is the third one, where Obi-Wan has the face-off with the thing who has like four or five lightsabers. <gasps>
2: General Grievous? Yes. Yes. I not remember
1: its name. Yes,
2: yes. That was pretty awesome. He turns into like a, a fair ride with his lightsaber. He's just like,
1: he's like a lightsaber weed whacker coming at you. So
2: uncivilized.
0: One of the
1: things
0: I love about that scene is that Dooku says, like, in the beginning of the film, that he is the bold Master Kenobi, like they they talk about him as he's the bold one, right? And you really don't know what the fuck that means until he rides a giant feathered iguana into uh, <laughs> in, in, into the base of the Separatists, and then drops down and goes, "Hello." Yes. And you're like, "Oh!" And then General Grievous even says, "Like, my, you are a bold one." And it's like,
2: "Well,
0: yeah, I guess." I mean, they said he was, so <laughs> he's I like. Guess. Oh hi! Oh hi, Doodoo! Hi,
2: Doodoo!
1: <laughs> oh no! No 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 <laughs> no no no! Doodoo
0: lost his head the first fifteen minutes of the movie.
2: Oh, oh that's right. He's like, oh, oh yeah. hi, everyone. <laughs> General General Griev.
1: General Griev. Griev. He, he was like the Elton John of Jedi, just coming in <laughs> on his extravagant animal.
2: Yeah. So not only did he had like the multiple lightsabers like that going on, then he had what was the like, the vehicle he got in at the end there, too, Dave. I was like, man, he gets all the cool shit. Oh, yeah, and it made
1: cool sounds. I was like, Yeah, it was,
2: I
0: always, I was like, oh, that is the ring of fire that you find at your local fucking,
2: (laughs) at your local fucking carnival. He's riding (laughs) that. This one definitely had the most Star Wars sound, and that's, it did.
0: yeah. And that's, that, that's completely Ben Burt, you know? I mean, Ben Burt is absolutely fantastic sound design, like, 100% he finds such unique sounds for things and um, he gives everything its own sound even each gun has its own sound in this film and that's one of the things I loved was like the the uh, the amount of clones that we saw in this film like actually fighting like in wars doing things during the clone wars that clones would do which was fantastic because you know we completely
2: skipped over the clone wars to get to this one. Well, when you say Ben Burt, uh, Dave, do you actually mean Chrissy McQueen? Because she did a lot of the sounds. Oh, for boy. the. the <laughs> Chrissy, do, do some of your Star You were doing them. You were doing So it.
1: every single time there are the the Star Wars guns, Justin makes fun of me because if you see it written anywhere, it's always pew, 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 right? So they come on and he's like this. Hey, Chris, pew, pew, pew. And I'm like, it doesn't really sound like that a lot of times. It sounds more like chong 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 chong, or like... <laughs> Or, Ching, chung, 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 no, chung, n- now chung, you're chung, taking some more racist. But it
2: but, does not sound like that. It, There's no guns that sound like chung, chung, chung.
1: Yes, yes, they do. No, yes no they,
2: the, the
0: larger the larger guns sound like
1: quang quong, quang,
0: <laughs> And the, the the lesser guns, they do sound like pew, pew, pew. Because they're like,
1: <laughs> there are a few that like, sound like that. Like the little tinny ones, yeah. like pew, pew. And I'm like, okay, fine. But a lot of them are like chung, chung. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Because
2: he's like, dear Ryan Johnson. I really have a skill that I think you should. <laughs> just like, chunk, 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 chung. Oh, Chris, I can't. Chris, Chris. But Chris. we
1: do
0: get to see Yoda battle again. So, what did you guys think of Yoda fighting a uh, second time? Because he was less lightsaber heavy this time. Yes. he was less bouncy around. You know,
1: my favorite part is when uh, the he he walks in and the guards kind of lunge for him, and he, with just his hands, he's like, nope. Not today, motherfuckers. And then down right, they go.
0: that's the Yoda you want to see. I mean, yes. he he did bounce around a little bit, but
1: yeah, I, You know, I, 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 I
0: like the fact that like between him and Palpatine, it wasn't so much of a lightsaber battle. It was a power. It was a battle of using the Force against one another, as you know? it should be.
2: Well, they were yeah. yeah they're in the, like the the Congress like area with all like the places that you stand, and they're like throwing all that shit at each other. So that
0: I threw cool. the entire Senate
2: at him. <laughs> <laughs> you like Excuse that it? Here's more Excuse sinnet. me, I gotta take sinnet. this. Senate, 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 it. All at your face. I'm
1: gonna make the seal cave in on you. And he's like, not today.
0: <laughs> what the hell is uh... an aluminum falcon? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then, you know, infamously at the end of Revenge of the Sith, we also get one of the most memeable lines in all of Star Wars, unfortunately, because he want to do the impression of Star of-, of Darth Vader when he realizes that... What has happened? What does he say? No.
0: <laughs> no. Which on the Blu rays, they actually shortened the length of the no because it was like touted as being too long. But you say that's the worst line. The worst line for me is I'm sorry. There's no medical reason why she's dying. She's just lost the will to live. Yes. Like, why wouldn't you just say, like, she's lost a lot of blood. I don't think she's going to make it. Cause because that makes it, sense. Because it
1: supports w- her story earlier when she was like, you're breaking my heart right. and me.
0: Right, so so like here's the thing in this universe: you can lose four limbs and we'll replace them all. You can get yes. burned to a crisp and we'll put you in a giant walking iron lung. But if you have birth to twins and you've kind of lost the will to live, you're a little depressed. There's not we can do
2: for you.
1: Oh my god, that's so perfect, well,
2: dude! That OBGY, the OBGY robot. Oova, uh, oova, the, the oova. sounds like the sounds that she was making where she was like <laughs> underneath the the skirt yeah. and like she was like she was apparently about to die i was like this is some weird sounds like what's and going am I, on she's a here?
1: terrible OBGYN. <laughs> and
0: am i wrong like so so my wife's a twin right and when when luke was born first i went well that's bullshit like, clearly, the firstborn twin is always the more dominant one. And my wife's like, no, that's true. <laughs> and I was like, well, Luke's not dominant. He's a fucking whiny little bitch by He's the time they get the He's a whiny little bitch. and and i was like so leia should have been born first and i was like it's little details like that that like kind of bothered me a little bit about this film where i was just like okay so she lost the will to live so she dies and then they stuff her dress at the end full of whatever to make her look like she's still pregnant but then you hide the kid on tatooine you give him the same last name as his dad and you hide him with the family that the dad is aware of that exists (gasps) and you expected Uh. nobody to find him
2: yeah, like, why did why did they stuff her dress for the like the, the burial or because the, the they
0: funeral wanted, because they story. wanted, they wanted her to
1: the...
2: appear still pregnant.
0: Correct. She should like, still be pregnant. Like she the, the shit. I'm an idiot. That makes sense. <laughs> so no child so so the children died with her.
1: Right. But he the fact that him. you
0: named one of them Skywalker, which they make a big point of the fact that like Skywalker is, you know, she never had children other than Anakin. So if there's a Skywalker out there, then Darth Vader would be like, hmm.
2: I think this is this is another chance to uh, establish my really sad regret that we didn't go with the name for our son, Chrissy, that I wanted to sky.
1: (laughs) It's worse. No,
2: I I wanted to name our son uh, Lucas Skyler Winters so he could be Luke Sky (laughs) Winters. That's awesome. (laughs) What's wrong with that? Yeah. What's wrong with that, Chrissy? Uh, Third, as we just I named my daughter, a whiny Logan. little
1: bitch.
0: I named my daughter Logan because I, I thought name. I was going to have a boy, and I love Wolverine, and I was like, "Yeah, Logan." <laughs> and then when I found out it was a girl, and I was like, "Logan still works for a girl, right?" I
1: see nothing wrong with that, and in fact, and- one of my favorite soap opera characters, who's a girl, is called Logan.
0: Yeah, so everyone's like, "Nope, you can still name her Logan." I was like, "Good, now maybe she'll have bone claws one day."
2: This See? is this is our son Lucas Sky Winters.
1: It's a lot <laughs> right? to live up to.
2: Oh, whatever, Chrissy. Whatever. I just I just call my daughter Weapon X anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're running long, Chrissy. W- what will be your final grade for episode three?
1: Um, I don't know. I'm talking between an A minus minus B plus, but because of the bad acting, because Whoa. of the <laughs> the coupling, I'm going to go with B plus.
2: I would agree with you. B plus for me on this one. Seventy nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, seven point six on IMDb. This one is uh, got a lot more love on on the interwebs. Dave, what would be your final grade? Oh my god, here I am, the fan of Star Wars, coming in lower than both of you guys.
0: <gasps> like what? B B minus. Uh, B minus. It's, it's above the other two. It's watchable. It's enjoyable. Uh, but 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 B minus. One hundred percent. I mean, I understand I, that
1: I, actually. You have yeah, loyalty I, I, to certain, um, uh, episodes of the franchise, I'm sure. So you kind of have to like relegate different scores accordingly in your head. Oh, no,
0: exa- exactly. I mean, Rogue One is above all of these prequels and, and it's a prequel in itself. So, um, uh, but yeah, I, I think B minus is a fair score for it. Uh, it's just there's, there, there's, there's still problems there. But I feel like the problems that exist are only because it has to deal with what came before it. I feel like if this stood on its own and didn't have what came before it and 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 didn't have to fix the problems that it had before it, it, it would have been a much higher score. Um, but the problem is it, it does have to deal with those problems and it does have to address them. And um, at, at times it does things to get itself to to the a new hope point that 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 kind of feel ham fisted towards the end, you know? Like like Luke and Leia can't have a mother at the end. So they have to she has to lose the will to live. You know, uh Anakin uh-huh. has to fall to the dark side, even though like throughout two thirds of the film he was fighting that, but at the end he kind of falls like really fucking quickly. Um which... He murders some kids, guys. Totally yeah. straight up right. murders them. Right. But that's really not sad. Anakin's character, right? Like I mean like uh, it, it, it just doesn't seem right. Like, it just seems like it happens so quickly. Where, like, I feel like if they made this film three hours long, they might have been able to, to fit some more of that, uh, some more of that Anakin angst in there to, to, to really, like, have him fighting this dark side of himself, mm-hmm. but, but ultimately losing to it. Uh, I would have enjoyed that more. Um, to to make this film more of an Anakin piece probably would have served it better. Uh, even though Hayden Christensen is not n- not the best actor in this film, um, you know he it would have done better to to really focus on his character. Instead, they really had to wrap up everybody's character I- in the end. So I I felt like it could have been done
2: better. So it gets a B minus for that. I concur. Chrissy, are you are you um, glad that you finally? Watch the prequels, are you good good with your journey now that we've got Last Jedi coming up next week?
1: I am. I'm going to be a little Star wars out by the end of the (laughs) month. I'm not going to lie. But (laughs) it it also um, kind of cements me in my position of what my favorite Star Wars movie is of all of them that I have seen.
0: Ooh. Which is? Go go ahead. Rogue One. Whoa!
1: Whoa! It's
0: not terrible. It is the most Empire Strikes Back of... of a lot of a lot of the star wars films so for me it's always going to be empire strikes back that is the most star wars film that is ever star wars and fucking star wars ever it is rogue it it, it is empire strikes back just 100 percent. that is the most star wars film ever um and it 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 has the absolute best characterization of all the characters and it it really, really solidifies
2: that original trilogy. I'm surprised you didn't say Return of the Jedi, Chrissy, knowing your love of the Ewoks I and how you said even. that they were super sexy and
0: Oh yub Nub! <laughs>
1: oh my God! No! <laughs> <laughs> oh oh yub-nub. No! Yub Nub! Chicken Chupa! <laughs> oh Jesus! Help
2: me. Oh man! Well, uh, Chrissy, you say that you're you're worried that you're going to be Star Wars out, but I'm like I'm at peak peak no, excitement yeah, is... Chrissy, this should really make you, like, now, like, super jazzed to see
0: uh, Last Jedi. Because Last Jedi is... Is really like taking a lot of the lore that these prequels set forward, and then a lot of the stuff that was that was done in the original trilogy, and now it's bringing it to a head. Like Luke Skywalker has come full circle now. He is he he has realized all the faults of the entire franchise, and he he plans to correct them now with Ray. Oh, <laughs> I mean, can't, that's
2: can't wait. I can't wait, Chrissy. Oh my god, I can't wait. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Oh man! So uh, yeah, I, I'm so glad we're done. I'm so glad we're done, and we're we're caught up, Chrissy. I'm proud of you for getting through this. Thanks. Um, I am super appreciative to Dave for for being our our Star Wars expert to to answer all the questions that we had you tonight on the show. Dave, you're the man, dude.
1: You are the man.
2: Thanks, Thanks for being man. on the show, man.
0: Awesome. I love I love talking Star Wars prequels because, uh, while I don't think they're the best films ever. I feel like they have their place in this universe, and they deserve their shot, and they do have a story to tell, and it it it, it feeds into the overarching story that 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 we're being given through the films. Awesome,
2: awesome! I Did, leave you all with this. Uh oh, go ahead.
1: If you have a moment, look up Darth Vader is much less intimidating with Anakin Skywalker's voice. Somebody took
2: a spot-on <laughs> impression
1: of Haven Christensen <laughs> and put it dubbed over Darth Vader. It's worth it.
2: I, I it's mean. True what a what a step up from his voice to James, well, I mean, if James you Earl want, Jones anyway so if you want to blow
0: your mind go watch David Prowse
2: was the man who played
0: uh, Darth Vader in the suit throughout the uh, throughout the, tril- the original trilogy uh he uh, was under the assumption that it was going to always be his voice that played Darth Vader he had no clue that they hired James Earl James Earl Jones to uh, overdub him so uh the first time he sat down to watch a new hope he was shocked that it wasn't his voice there uh, So go back and watch some of those videos of David Prowse doing it. He was a man who was not known for being an actor. He was a man that was known for being uh, a a competitor against uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in uh, Mr. Universe contests and weightlifting
2: contests and such. So,
1: oh my god, that's amazing! Uh,
2: That's who we need in in some Star Wars movies, Chrissy. Some Schwarzenegger. Good. I would, I would die. I would literally, like, just pass away. Nah, it it... I have
0: the high ground, Anakin. You can't take me. I have the high ground.
1: <laughs> would we'll love it. We we'll love it.
0: I think, I,
1: think, I think. Me so sad, you came here. What do you mean? She lost the will
2: to live. Get her to the chopper. <laughs> it's not hard. See, you guys are laughing. I'm totally serious. I would love to see that. I would love. It's I think he's terrible. due for some kind of like career renaissance role like sort of like uh, Travolta in Pulp Fiction like oh this is like a Schwarzenegger we've never seen before He's he's got the force guys oh man going to
1: back General Grievous
2: <laughs> oh man Dave where can we find you on the interweb sir
0: so I am on Twitter at Super movie Pod. Uh, we obviously run a podcast called Super Movie Brothers Podcast. Once a month, we do the movie cocktail podcast where we make original cocktails for uh, movies that are voted on by uh, the fans on Twitter. Uh, and then pretty soon coming out in, I believe it's February, uh, Podfix, the network that Justin and I both belong to, will be doing a Star Wars Series that is going to be called Podfix presents a certain point of view where Duty Dan from I'm sorry Duty from Shaken Not Nerd Dan from Netflix and Swill Wes from Via VHS and myself discuss some of the most hotly touted subjects of the Star Wars universe, and we all come at them from a different point of view so that will be out sometime in february but you can find us uh super movie brothers podcast on any pod catcher and also on
2: www.supermoviebrotherspodcast.podbean.com shout out to our boy jay uh your boy jay Movie bro jay Um, Jay, who on our most recent
0: episode, hated Evil Dead, so go listen to Super Movie Brothers episode 74, where he made me watch The Diving Bell and Butterfly, uh, which is a French (laughs) indie film that I just could not get behind, and I made him watch Sam Raimi's 1980s classic, Evil Dead 2, that he just could not get behind. I I heard uh, it.
2: Chrissy liked Evil Dead 2 more than Jay. That's great. Probably
1: not by much. Oh, uh,
2: Chrissy, my heart. I love <laughs> you, I, I, Jesus.
1: I mean, oh. my own co-host
0: can't get behind Evil Dead 2. Uh, our friendship almost ended that day. So,
2: um, And shout out to the Podfix Network. So go to podfixnetwork.com. You can find... Dave's show, our show, several other awesome podcasts to listen to. Newly
1: featured on Podbean.
2: Yeah, we were featured on Podbean recently. Up and up. We're, we're moving on up.
1: Moving on up. To the B side.
2: On up. Um, but yeah. Um, and, and like I said, so next week on the show, we're super excited. We finally got to this point. Christy's seen all the Star Wars, so we're going to be watching... Last Jedi we're More actually ge- Star Wars. We're getting into a movie theater. Yay! Yay! Watch a movie, a new one. Along with along with Dave and Jay and every single other movie podcast we know. Yeah, we're all going to be reviewing it. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm uh, so excited. I'm so excited. I don't even care. I've watched, um, I literally, after watching the prequels
0: today, I, I went back and I watched the trailer and I was like, fuck yeah, I, I just, I can't not be excited for this. I just can't. It's just, it's like absolutely impossible. Uh, I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Force Awakens as far as the Star Wars films go, but I, I still love the characters they introduced and I'm super happy to, to really start tying up some of these ends, like I'm just, I'm just dying for it. I, I, I can't wait. I'm gonna be in there, six p.m. in my theater on Thursday night. I can't
2: wait. I think We're the, so happy for you. <laughs> I think the premiere was tonight, so that means I'm, I'm gonna have to watch myself amongst spoilers and stuff. It's gonna be a crazy, kind of minefield of spoilers up until we get in that theater. But I'm super excited. So, um, but yeah, Dave, thanks again for being here, Chrissy. Congratulations and thanks. and uh, thank I'll take you. My prize now. Thank you for for taking this Star Wars journey with the two of us and You're to... now one of us. You're a Star Wars <laughs> one fan. <laughs> one of us. Can't it. One, one of us. One of the cult. Us. Yay. Um, if you're listening to this, uh, go on to Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate a review and rating if you have the time. Um, but thanks again for listening guys. We will see you guys next week. Thanks a lot. Peace. <laughs>